passes last year. This one's knocked up. Bowers tips it to himself, and he'll score. Snaps it anyway. Greer lobs it in the air. Oh, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Here's a blitz, and Plumnick didn't see it coming. He got blasted by Kalen Deloach, who has the ball and is heading toward the end zone. What is going on, guys? It is college football talk. Mm-hmm. As always with Hunter and Dylan, we are on oh, yeah. episode 42. Almost to 50. Yeah. And, uh, today is Tuesday's week seven recap. Mm-hmm. As we get looking or talking about all the action that happened this past Saturday before we Thursday's show, as usual, where we talk about what's going to happen in the future. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you hit it right on, right on, blah, can't speak. Too late. <laughs> you hit it right on the nail. I mean, it was a, weird week of football i don't know how you felt about this weekend but um you know in a lot of ways it felt like everything i kind of thought it was but there was Mm -hmm. also you know there was also some games that were a lot a lot different than how i thought yeah we'll just leave it like that i mean there were there were some games that were just boring and some that were good (laughs) the noon slate was boring except for you know you know georgia Making Georgia, things still too yeah. interesting in Vanderbilt. Yeah, I would say we took care of business personally. Oh yeah. Well, listen. You know, Nashville's one of those places you just want to get out, get in and out. You know, and you, I mean, you, yeah, you can ask. You can ask Florida. I it's blame one place to go to. No, it's not. And I blame Drake too because he was wearing that Georgia sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. And look what happened now. Barely sneak out with a seventeen point win, and Bowers is hurt. So. Thanks. Thanks for that. Plus, other guys are hurt. But thanks a lot, Drake. And I, I, come on. Don't blame Drake. No. 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 <laughs> no. Anyway, we have got a loaded show. Mm-hmm. So we will hop right into it as always. But actually, before we do, make sure you guys are subscribing. Um, we are still trying to get to 100 subscribers by the end of the year. We are at 62. We are looking for more. So if you guys know anybody, tell them to subscribe. It's free. Just hit that button and subscribe. Anyway, it's free and you don't have to do anything. You just subscribe and it looks good for us. It benefits us. It means that the more subscribers we have, the more likely our videos are going to be more to the top of the screen than they are in the middle to the bottom. Yeah. And you guys are, as always, are viewing liking we love that yeah last week's week six recap had a record high in views for the Mm -hmm. channel we appreciate that guys it's awesome means that you guys are watching and liking it and this past episode was good too but keep it up keep it Mm -hmm. up but we We need subscribe we do love the interaction yes so make sure you guys but you guys are subscribing because I guarantee you, 81 of you who viewed it 
half of you are not subscribed probably i can yeah. go check too but yeah just subscribe and subscribe on spotify as well so mm-hmm. we will hop right into it as we always do with i believe both of us can agree game of the year maybe yeah. candidate I, I thought mean, so coming in for this rivalry specifically the best game of all time for sure it was the first yeah. time these two teams were in the top 10 mm-hmm. meeting each other this was i thought it could possibly be game of the year candidate from a few weeks back just to how both these teams operate yeah and it certainly did not disappoint washington beats oregon in a classic pac-12 college football game just in general 36 33 mm-hmm. so much to talk about in this one i mean from how good both quarterbacks played how good the receivers played for both teams defenses on both sides making plays mm-hmm. just overall just what a game uh what are your initial what's your initial like th- thought about this one um you know my initial thought would be is that Oregon sold <laughs> at the end. I mean, look, there was just a couple of coaching mistakes. I think it really costed them that game. Are you referring to the fourth downs? I am referring to the fourth downs. So I think if you break them down, mm-hmm. so I think the one before halftime, yeah, when I believe they were around the inside the 10, mm-hmm. I believe they were around the six or seven ish. But that time, I would maybe think about it, kicking the field goal. I would maybe lean more towards the field goal. Yeah. Um, was it the opening of the third quarter when they went down the field and then didn't get it again? Yeah. I think one of those two times you have to kick a field goal. The fourth down at the end of the game, I have no issue with. I was saying mm-hmm. myself, I'm like, like I would do, I would have done the same thing. You're on the road. Yeah. You're an underdog. But not that much, but you're an underdog. Mm-hmm. If you get it, it's fourth and three. You get it. You not you put you you spread the knockout blow in them because they don't mm-hmm. have a timeout. They don't have any timeouts. There's two minutes left. You run the clock yeah. out. So I have no issue with it. I thought the play call was a little wasn't good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was kind of predictable. I mean, they just shifted everyone to the left and did like a bootleg to try to get it. I would have done something more like a short little, maybe like a little screen, little just someone come across the middle. Yeah. Or just get like a tight end or running back going outwards. Get like, get the three or four yards, call it, get the first down. Mm -hmm. So I had no issue with that. Did you not like any of the calls? Would you have punted there because they scored two plays later? I mean, I feel like in that situation, I kind of would punt. Because at that point in the game, you're all about like field position, right? So Oregon's would, offense, even though you know you have a great defense, Oregon's offense can score on your defense. I would counter that by saying if you do that, so Washington scored in two plays. Mm-hmm. If you punt it, you give and they end up marching down the field. You don't have any time left. At least yeah. they scored and you had time left. You had, I mean, Bonix. Got the ball back, went all the way down the field, and gave them a shot to tie it and send it overtime. He missed it. Yeah. So, I mean, you play devil's advocate with that, I think, by mm-hmm. saying, what happens if you punt it there? And 
you know, you have a four-point lead. Do you trust your defense enough? Who was already down, who had one banged-up corner that went back in, another one left, so you're already mm-hmm. down, guy. And do you trust your defense to make a stop there to a offense that's I, just been humming? I feel like you have to there. I mean, that's just me personally. I'd be like, you know, if we're sitting in this situation, or we're like, okay, there's a 50-50 chance we get this first down. Yeah. In fact, with some of our play calling, let's be honest, it's like a 35% chance. So we can either trust our defense, give them as good a field position as we can give our defense, or we can run the gamut and probably give them yeah. a way easier chance of scoring. I just feel like, obviously, it's looking back. It's, you know, you know obviously, with, with the view of hindsight, I can say, oh, you should have punted it. But even then, I feel like, to me, punting, it makes the most sense there. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to have to stick with them. I mean, I just think yeah. that that was that kind of that that risk was wasn't big enough to where, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thinking about the afterthought. I don't know how I just worded that. I'm just saying, let me rephrase. Yeah, that. I had no issue with it. Again, like I'm going to say, you're playing to win. If you get mm-hmm. it, you know, you you. Put the knock. You fight the. You put the final blow in. Yeah, you're going home with a win. If you don't get it, well, you still got the ball back and you had a chance to tie it and you missed the kick. <laughs> I had more with the first one, first or second time. So the first, it was mostly the one before half because they didn't get any points there. Washington, you know, makes a gets momentum. Yeah, holds. The second time they didn't get it, it ended up not. Biting him in the butt because Michael Penix threw a pick a couple plays mm-hmm. later. So they got the ball back, and I believe they scored a touchdown. Yeah. So they even ended up getting the lead back after they were down, I think, 11. I think and you're right. Yeah. It was 29-18 right. at that point. Mm-hmm. But, listen, you know, you can – I don't – I even I just think that, listen, Dan Lanning, he's a young guy. Mm-hmm. You know, this is his first coaching job, second year. This, I mean, this is all about learning from the mistakes. Even he acknowledged it. You know, you just, you know, they're an aggressive team. They're going to live and yeah. die by that. You know, don't, you can't, you don't back down for what you are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you're built on that. I, you know, I was looking at the stats after the game and I was, remember in our uh, preview last week, how, I said the big, big padlock, big pad stat was going to be if Oregon could stay on the field mm-hmm. because of how bad Washington's third down defense is. Oregon 10 of 16 on third downs. But, I mean, Washington was only 5 of 11. But, I mean, 0 of 3 on fourth down, Washington was 2 of 3, including a mm-hmm. huge one they had late in the game. I mean, Oregon had 541 yards to 415 for Washington. 31 first downs to 24. They ran for 204 yards. Washington only ran for 99. Yeah. I mean, they had more time in possession, Oregon did. Everything leaned their way. But, you know, listen, Michael Penix is, is was just on a different level. Yeah. Down the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Bo Nix was, I mean, everything was good about this game. There was... You, you really you're just picking hairs about maybe a mm-hmm. play or two that could have happened, but listen, that's football. I think. Yeah. You can always go back to any game and try to dissect everything that happens, but listen, 
at the end of the day, two great teams played a great game, mm-hmm. and it should have been honestly a coin flip, but Washington got a huge win, and now they are in the inside track to be one of the teams in. Not saying they are. They are a lock to get into the Pac-12 title game. A lot of people are thinking this is a rematch waiting to happen, which I'm all for. Yeah. But, I mean, just how the Pac-12 operates, you never know. This is – I mean – Because we're starting to get into cannibalistic territory, as I like Mm -hmm. to call it. Because these teams – I'm telling you right now, Oregon State looks good, very good. They had a great win this past weekend against UCLA. Yeah. USC stumbled. We'll see how they bounce back. Mm -hmm. If Utah can get Cam Rising back at some point, look out. I mean, their defense plays good – well enough to keep them in games and if their offense is manageable enough they're fine yeah you know this is a wide open i don't think i think it's people i don't know about how you think but i just think that if people are rushing to just saying that these two teams are going to play again i'd pump the brakes just a tad yeah i i don't 100 agree that both teams are guaranteed to play each other at the end of the year i mean Especially Washington and Washington and Oregon still have most of their Pac-12 schedule to play. They still have you. Both the teams still mm-hmm. have USC. I know yeah. Oregon still has a trip to Utah. They still got to go to Oregon. Both teams have to play their in-state rivals too at the end of the year. And I mean, that Washington State game is not going to look as fun because yeah. boy, oh boy, did Arizona put it on them this weekend. And Oregon State's not going to be an easy challenge for Oregon either. Oh. No. Luckily, Oregon gets it at home this year. They blew it last year at Oregon State, but they get it home. Yeah. But yeah, nothing is guaranteed, especially in this conference. Yeah. And I would say if any team, I mean, I think Washington has the best shot. But the thing is, I think people are forgetting that um, Notre Dame does not play in the Pac 12. So USC is still 4 0 in conference. Yeah. That's what I mean. Because I mean, USC it's... is still in the yeah. driver's seat right now. Because if, if the uh, season ended today, it would be Washington and USC. Yeah. And I mean, all things considered, USC kind of has, of those teams, one of the easier schedules remaining, too. I mean, they will they get to go to California. They get UCLA at home. Their but, hardest games are Washington and Oregon, and I think Utah's well, rising get... won't be as hard for them. I don't know. that def- I'm, I'm just saying if mm-hmm. the defense is going to keep them back, just saying. But yeah, you know, it could, but, you know, we'll see. I we'll do see. think even with Utah's, like, their offense is just not good. No, it's definitely a liability, but. Yeah. Um, I think, speaking of USC, I think we just hop right into it. Okay, yeah. Let's hop right into it. Mm-hmm. So, Notre Dame destroys USC yeah. this weekend. You know, um, not how people thought. At least I thought Dylan's mm-hmm. gonna have. He's already ordered his Notre Dame shirt. Yep. If you watched last episode, we made a bet. Uh, if I won Notre Dame shirt for Dylan, mm-hmm. he has to get a Notre Dame shirt. And if USC won, I'd have to get a USC shirt and wear it for the next show. So, but Notre Dame won by twenty-eight. Felt bigger than that. Yeah. Uh. But just it's just not how um, I anticipated it, if we're mm-hmm. being honest. Notre Dame really favored from great defense and short and short uh, great starting field position because yeah. they did. 
I, I, I don't know where a stat would be if their average starting field position was. It felt like all night, though, they started at least from, like, the USC 35, 45-yard line. Like, they were in USC territory all night for it looks like they started mm-hmm. from. Mainly because USC turned the ball over five times. Included yeah. three picks by – three first-quarter picks, first half. First-quarter, first-half picks by uh, Caleb Williams, who mm-hmm. entering uh, – coming into the season from last year – had only thrown three picks. So yeah. he matched that from just one game. Mm-hmm. And then they turned the ball over a couple times later in the fourth. They fumbled it. He had a fumble too. Uh, Xavier Watts for Notre Dame played one of the best individual defensive games I've seen in a while from somebody on the mm-hmm. defensive side. He, uh, he, he picked, he was responsible for two interceptions of Caleb Williams. He also had a fumble recovery. Seven tackles. Six of them were solo. Yeah. Just all over the field. Here's one. Here's a little uh, fun stat for you. Okay. USC's offensive line, which I think has struggled some a little bit this year. You know, you you kind of get... They're not as good as they were last year. Yeah, and you get lost with Caleb Williams... Moving mm-hmm. around a bunch, making the fancy plays. I mean, they haven't been a whole very good this year. I mean, it's they haven't had to really been impacted too much from it because of the competition they played. Yeah, but I mean, they got they gave up six sacks, eleven tackles for loss. Just not good. Mm-hmm. I mean, Caleb Williams only. Uh, 199 yards. He threw three picks. He had the one touchdown. It was not very good. But flip side, you know, Notre Dame, if I told you just USC outnumbered, outgained Notre Dame in these following categories first downs, 23 to 13. Third down, 6 of 13 to 3 of 10. 302 yards to 251 yards in total offense. Yeah. 199 to 126 in passing. And <clears throat> had thir- had a um nine uh, minute greater margin in time of possession. I would have you would have probably thought I would have said USC would have won. Yes. I would have said, Where's your shirt? Yeah, right? Yeah. Because you said this was gonna be a, they were gonna score 30 on him, right? Mm-hmm. But I said and I gotta give credit. I think USC's defense played as well as they could. Yeah, but just got put in terrible spots because you turned the ball over five times. Mm-hmm. You're just asking for trouble. You can't yeah. do anything about it, you know. And then eventually the dam breaks. It can only hold for hold the water down for so long before it cracks and breaks. And then that's just when everything kind of went downhill. It was twenty four mm-hmm. to six going into half. Just it was an ugly game for USC all around. Yeah, they scored a touchdown, and then Notre Dame returned to kickoff. So, just a bad, bad, bad one. Great atmosphere again, though. Yeah, and it, I think I'm going to ask you this for Marcus Freeman: How big of a win do you think that was for him? Because he hadn't oh, had massive. that. He hadn't had that kind of win yet. He blew he it. Had- he he lost it against yeah. Ohio State. 
but mm-hmm. both years he yeah. lost against Ohio State. Last year he lost to USC. He hadn't beaten. I mean, what was his biggest win at that point? Like Clemson. Navy. No, he didn't coach against Clemson. That was two years. That was two. That, that was, was, a year that was before Brian him. Kelly. So, I mean, at the going into the game, probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably Duke. Duke. Yeah, look at that mean, to yourself right now. Marcus maybe this win was deep. maybe the I mean, or maybe the bowl game last year because of how South Carolina ended the year, and Notre Dame won I that mean, one. Yeah, I guess. But either of those aren't the most impressive. But he finally got a, a signature top ten win. Yeah, and I think it was more impressive to me because Sam Hartman didn't do anything special either. It wasn't like he went out there and. Lit the world you know, up, on lit, lit up USC's defense. Like yeah. I think we both kind of thought he would. Still, I thought they would win, but I thought Sam Hartman would still play well. I mean, he didn't do anything special in this no. game. I mean, how many yards did he throw for again? Like 130 yards. 126. Yeah. No. I mean, I mean, yeah, nothing crazy. <laughs> I mean, penalties wise, and USC got caught with 75 nine penalties for 75. Notre Dame only had five penalties, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just the turnovers. Turnovers are always going to bite you in the ass. Excuse my language, but I mean, that's I mean that was it. I mean, if Caleb Williams just did not play well, mm-hmm. and I think what, what are you going to say? Nothing. I mean, I'm just yeah. No, it's it's bad. It's just shocking to me. That's how they lost. Because I think I mean I thought maybe they would have some. You know, Caleb Williams is going to put mm-hmm. points up, but I mean, yeah. they, they shut them down, mm-hmm. which is I I always thought why is Notre Dame not favored going into this? I was just like their defense is much better. Yeah. They're going to be out. They're going to out physical them. For, mm-hmm. They're going to physically out beat them, match them. I mean, it kind of showed. But I don't. I don't. The, the thing is, I don't think Notre Dame's defense looked crazy better than how USC's defense looked in that game. I mean, they limited the explosive plays. Yeah. Caleb Williams, it forced turnovers. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lloyd, the running back, only ran for 45 yards, 46 yeah. yards. They're, I mean, they limited the – Yeah. Just completely neutralized the offense. I mean, mm-hmm. Taj Washington, who was their leading receiver going in, had one catch. Yeah. Or, uh, excuse me, no, he that was looking at – he had four catches. Mm-hmm. How about Zachariah Branch? Two catches for 17 yards. Nothing. Completely neutralized him. Yeah. So, but I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I, if if I'm a USC fan, this is I do think there is some positive things to take note of in this game, right? Number one, defense looks better. Yeah. Like significantly better. I mean, just looking at the numbers, they held Notre Dame's offense to three for ten for first downs, 250 total yards. Um, obviously. Part of that is Notre Dame getting great field position, but the fact that USC was able on defense to stop them on third down at times, and Notre Dame never went for it on fourth down. So third down stop actually meant something in this game for a little bit. Yeah, I'm. Can they? I'm going to ask you. Can they <laughs> continue? Can they keep up with that though? I only believe they might just because if they don't, Alex Grinch will lose his job. 
Really though, because I feel like yes. you should have lost it already a long time ago. No, I think I think there was a while there where Lincoln Riley was protecting him from getting his job like taken away. But after like the last couple of games, I think it was like, hey, fix it or you're fired. Yeah. Like he, he lo- he's losing control there from like administration. The, in the Brian Ferentz thing. Yeah. All right. Hey, there. I really want to know what happens with that because he, he's not going to make it. I. They're not we, reaching that before, point total. Before we get too far mm-hmm. off topic, I just I saw a tweet. It said, uh, "Iowa is um, more likely. Iowa is so likely to win out, mm-hmm. play in the go like eleven and one. Yep." And playing a Big Twelve title, or in playing the Big Ten championship, mm-hmm. you know, it was just no. Let me rephrase that. It said, "Can you imagine if Iowa wins out, plays in the Big Ten title game, somehow wins it, and then goes on to play in like the playoff, averaging like sixteen points a game?" <laughs> I think that's more likely to them. They're going the points total. They're going to win out and be mm-hmm. have one loss, two losses. Yeah. One loss. One loss. One loss. They like, they played the worst schedule ever to finish. They the have year. Rutgers, Northwestern, U, uh, mm-hmm. Illinois, and Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't play a single team above. They beat Wisconsin fifteen to six as a ten point dog. All I'm saying, man. I called. I I said. Iowa was going to win this game, and they were going to do it throwing less than 10 passes. They were going to make it so funny. Brutal to watch. Shout out to Duke. They completed four passes and won by like three touchdowns. So, (laughs) but we're going to move on now because before we get too off topic, they had 37 passing yards. (laughs) It's so bad. They have, (laughs) it's not even McNamara. It's it's Deacon Hill. Oh, man. You ever heard of Deacon Hill? Iowa football legend. Oh man, it's bad. It's bad. All right. Uh, which game do you want to talk about? Tennessee or the Florida game? I didn't see the Florida game, so if we're gonna talk about it, I like I don't really have anything of note to say. Well, let's do Tennessee first, then. Okay. Because then I'll talk about Florida after. Okay. <clears throat> so Tennessee mm-hmm. in a defensive battle. Yeah. Against A and M on checker checkerboard day at Neyland. Mm-hmm. Uh, wins 20 to 13, a very low scoring game. The under hit, I cashed mm-hmm. on that big time under 56. That was the, uh, under or the total for that game going in. So yep. anyway, but a lot of, um, uh, just some, a lot of poor execution in this game really mm-hmm. was, I'm going to biggest thing. Tennessee had a lot of chances to blow this thing open. Yeah. And had multiple times they they uh, either turned the ball over or didn't get it on fourth down. I know they failed to convert on fourth down at least twice. Mm-hmm. They uh, did not, and then they had a the Milton threw a pick near the red zone. That was the um, they had a missed field goal. Yep, just a uh, just an ugly game, but. Vice versa to that. Vice versa, the um, Texas A and M Aggies didn't really do anything either. They, uh, <laughs> T 
didn't do they didn't do Jack Diddley do. No. I no. mean that I got I dude I I'm just gonna straight up say Texas AM has a horrible offensive line. Oh it's bad. Like bad. to be like, fair <laughs> it's to be fair, mm-hmm. I will give credit where credit's due with Tennessee. Yeah. No, because absolutely. I mean Tennessee- they played a great game plan to beat AM. Because Tennessee's defensive line is mm-hmm. very good. Yeah. As my computer sounds like a jet jet taking off right now. Oh, mine too right now. Don't worry. Just bad. Just bad. Let me try to see. They um they get after the quarterback. They rank third yeah. in the country right now yeah. in sacks. Mm-hmm. Sacks, they're averaging four a game, which is funny because AM is right there at two. Yeah. But um, I mean, twenty-four sacks on the year, very good. Um, that you know that is pretty good. But I just want to look where the number is. How many times was Max Johnson sacked in this game? He was sacked. Da, 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 da. Sacked five times. Two times. Excuse me. Excuse me. He only had two sacks. A and M forced three sacks. Tennessee had two mm-hmm. sacks. But the biggest thing ended up being there was a uh, punt return touchdown that te- Texas A&M yeah. gave up, which if you take that out, Tennessee's offense is nothing better. I mean, Tennessee's no, offense they, is uh... just very lethargic. Mm-hmm. Milton is what he is. He's a guy that's going to inconsistent deep ball down the field. And then Tennessee, for some reason this year, and it, it might be the, just the receivers they have, but – Mm-hmm. A lot of drops. I was, that, was, that was disgusting. They had a had... couple of them. One of them was a touchdown. He was walking yeah. into the end zone, and he dropped it. Multiple drops. It's every week they have big drops, too. Like mm-hmm. It's like all of Milton's good throws, they're drops. Yeah. And then and then when Milton has like a guy wide open, then he'll miss him over – he'll deep shot it. On a, he'll miss yep. him. Mm-hmm. They're a run-happy team. Which, they run the ball. Like they're They're good at it, too. It's crazy because I think we both talked about, at least I think I brought it up. AM is one of the best run defenses, rush defenses mm-hmm. in the country. Like they do not give up rushing yards. And, you know, they had limited Miami. They had limited Bama. Yeah. And what does Tennessee do? Oh, well, they run it for 232 yards. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's. I, I, I mean, tell me where that makes sense. The thing, here's the thing. A&M is bad. Hey, their defense and, isn't, though. That's the crazy know, thing. But but here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is going to suck to say. And, you know, this is, gonna, this is just a... That team has given up. You think? I think so. Okay. I'm, they're four and three. Okay. They look anemic on offense they looked tired on defense i mean it just it did it like it, when i was watching part of that game it looked more like tennessee was fumbling on their own mistakes than a&m was doing anything to them. it was a very boring game to watch yeah i'm not gonna lie great mm-hmm. atmosphere neeland's always awesome to look at even as a yeah. georgia fan just looking at like the yeah with the check awesome. and the but my god i mean it was just a lackluster game max mm-hmm. johnson i mean two picks i mean he did what he could he was under duress all day yeah 
A&M only ran for 54 yards. They averaged uh, under two yards a carry. Just, I mean, just not good. Not good at all. And, you know, the biggest thing was the turnovers. I mean, they had one more than Tennessee. And honestly, I mean, I say the turnovers, but again, I want to go back to it. It's the, the punt, the kickoff or the uh, special teams return yeah. touchdown that Tennessee had was ended up being the difference maker. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I mean. Is it's just like A&M was given opportunities by t- Tennessee and just nothing. Mm-mm. Absolutely nothing. No. They, like, uh, I, I mean, look, I mean, we could get more into it if we wanted to. I, I would. I would love to get into it. How would you? I'll let you. Mm-hmm. Let's. I'll give you um a, a look ahead. Yeah. Two questions, mm-hmm. and then we'll move on. Okay. We'll start with Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, they're five and one. Yeah. Two and one in conference play. Mm-hmm. They just ran the ball down out or A and M's throat. Yeah. Against a solid defense. A and M's a solid defense. Yeah. Yeah. They got a decent they, defense. Yeah. I thought they held up very well in the secondary. They played I, against the, a team. They I think they, they, they A M is talent. I think A and M is a very talented defense. I think A and M defensively is one of the better teams in the country. Mm-hmm. I think again, like they're great up front. Walter Nolan had a tough, tough injury. Looks like it's not going to be as bad as people we they were people were thinking. Yeah, so that's well, I always just, good. I just but, don't know with A and M because it seems like every other week it's, it's, somebody finds some weird weakness that it's just like what. It's honestly, I think it's more that the offense isn't holding up and they're mm-hmm. leaving the defense out to dry, and the defense yeah. can only hold their own for so long. Use the damn reference again. They're holding it, holding it, but there's cracks, and then eventually, like, they can't do it anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, my question for you is. Yes. Jimbo Fisher is expected to make over $65 million going into next year. At what, how many more opportunities is, are they, are the people there going to give him mm-hmm. before they eventually say, here's the check, I'm writing the check, here's your buyout. Yeah. You're gone. I th- I legitimately think we're closing in on it very quickly. How many you think he gets do you think he's gone by do you think he's the coach next year? Okay, so here's the thing. I'm gonna pull up their schedule so I can look at it with me. They but... have LSU. Mm-hmm. I know they still have to place uh they who else they have? South Carolina. Mm-hmm. They still have Ole Miss. And Oh, they play Jacksonville State. Nice spot, nice draw there. Abilene, Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian. Who plays Jacksonville State? Oh, I'm thinking uh, South Carolina. Auburn. Yeah, South Carolina does. South Carolina does. Yeah. So, I mean, look, they're four and three right now. Yes, they're four and three. Um, you know, there's a chance they went out. I uh, no, I don't think that happens, but I mean, it's possible. I think this. <laughs> the I ceiling ceilings. Seven wins? wins. Seven to wins? Me, a seven, I think. To me, I don't. I mean, yeah, I guess maybe seven, but look, I mean, they're going to play South Carolina, and they're not because they don't win road games. They win home games. They win home games. So, like, right away, they, I would go, okay, so they're probably not going to be Ole Miss or LSU on the road. No. So it comes down to South Carolina, Mississippi State, and Abilene Christian. I you win all three of those games. You win seven games. Going into like a bowl game, that mm-hmm. who knows what happens there. 
Oh, you go eight and four. I know seven eight wins. and five. Seven wins at this point. Yeah, they I mean, look, had their chance to really help themselves out mm-hmm. with, you know, the Miami game. It is what it is. Yeah, you really blew your shot against Bama because you mm-hmm. had them, and then you lost it again. Yep. It's timeless. It's time after time. But I mean, how many opportunities are they going to keep giving Jimbo before they're like, listen, man, you, we're just not exceeding what you thought. I mean, we're what going into years. This is year six. Yes, we're in year six. He has a 43 and 24 record at AM. So he's already tied the amount of losses in his entire time at Florida State. Some people are saying that Jimbo was carried by Winston. I mean, it looks like it. If you really look at the numbers, they've really underperformed every year outside of 2013 and 2014. Yeah. With the talent they had on those rosters. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had all pro NFL guys on some of those rosters and they barely hit 10 wins. I mean, as if, if tomorrow mm-hmm. that A&M job became available, it would be the most lucrative and seeking position I, by any coach in America. I think. See, I would think that at first, but my, my initial thought would be, I don't think they're going to have the money right away to give it to anybody. But I, think I just think that if Texas anybody... A&M fires Jimbo Fisher, they're going to be like, hey, we're going to go into a two-year just cycle of just we're going to slow down Great. on expenditures. We're going to bring back our, you know. Nah, see, that's just, that's just not how they're wired, though. They're dro- if they buy out Jimbo Fisher, it's $77 million. I just think they're not wired like that. I'm like, they, they would be. The J- A&M's one of those places where if you want something, they'll give mm-hmm. it to you. They'll get it to yeah. you. See, I would think that, for, but it's just like, I legitimately think if they drop the cash to buy out Jimbo, they're going to go, we're not going to be able to buy out a big time coach, everybody. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're gonna hurt a lot of A&M fans' expectations when they hire like some random school's offensive coordinator as their head coach. Let's <laughs> just upgrade Bobby Petrino. Actually, actually, not the craziest thing that could happen. Might be. But I do think, I do 100% believe Jimbo Fisher does not make it through to this year. I think he does. The only reason I don't think he does is that um, he's already lost the fan base. Yeah. And once you lose the fan base, you immediately start losing money. True. And when you have no money... I mean, what can you do? That that's a good question for someone yeah. that has more patience probably than an A and M fan. Yeah. All right. So my second question is before we move on, mm-hmm. Tennessee. Heupel gets his first ever win at Tennessee, maybe in his career, when he doesn't score when he scores under thirty points. Yep. And you know they're just the offense hasn't been in sync. It just feels like all year, like they they're a run first team. If you can stop the run, you're probably going to win the game. But yeah. as five other teams have seen, have shown only Florida out of the six games, only Florida's been the only team that's been able to do it and that's mm-hmm. stop the run and you know keep them in check. Yeah. Now you got to now you got Bama going to mm-hmm. Bama third Saturday in October, big time down in the south. Yeah, but you know the defense is good enough on 
the line is good enough to get pressure on Milrow. Milrow gets sacked more than is one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the country. Mm-hmm. Tennessee is third in the country in sacks. Uh, Alabama's deep run D is pretty solid. Yeah. How quickly before we get, you know, we'll get into the uh, preview Thursday, but mm-hmm. like one to 10, if you were a Tennessee fan, how confident should you be in your team going to Tuscaloosa? Six. Six? Yes. Okay. Just I mean, because I think I think Tennessee is not the same Tennessee that lost to Alabama all those years in a row. Mm-mm. And that last year wasn't a fluke by any stretch of the me- imagination. I think that Tennessee and Alabama are very much in equal realms yeah. when it comes to SEC teams. Mm-hmm. They're just, I mean, look, right now, you know, Georgia's at the top, right? Yeah. If we're looking at like a tiered system, Georgia's at the top. The next division is where you have your Alabama, Tennessee, Missouri. You, I mean, Missouri's yeah, kind of there. They're like teetering. Five and right? one, five and one. No, they're, six and one. Excuse me, six and one. Six, they're teetering for me just because I want. I mean, like, you know. I mean, they. Oh. I mean, they held their own against LSU, but. But they lost. Well, I mean, I think LSU backs against the wall mentality there. Mm-hmm. I mean, knowing no, you no, have no, to no, win. If you're Missouri, you should have been like, well, their back's against the wall. Well, they responded the with a nice win at Kentucky. At Kentucky. You should have pushed them through the wall. But anyways, let's move on before let's it gets too late. All right. Uh, let's do North Carolina. Yep. North Carolina. You know, the score may say 41-31, but they yep. – Not that no, kind of score. It was a lot bigger than that um, if you did watch the game. Mm-hmm. North Carolina just really took it to Miami, as we kind of both thought. We thought Miami would, after what had happened um, yeah. against Georgia Tech, when they utterly mm-hmm. just completely handed them the lo- gave themselves yeah. a loss. They go to North Carolina, great mm-hmm. atmosphere as it always is there on Saturday night. Tez yeah. Walker, shout out the NCAA. They're just just shivering in their boots <laughs> watching that performance on Saturday as Tez Walker goes over a hundred yards and mm-hmm. receiving. Three touchdowns, puts the back, goes down, you know, with the old U down. And uh, Drake May has a great game. Yeah. Miami goes into the half with the lead, but then gets completely shut out. I think it was 24 nothing run North Carolina uh, went on. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these numbers. Yes. They scored 24 unanswered. 24 unanswered. Mm-hmm. And the Miami had some- 17 at one yep. point. Yeah, Miami had some junk junk time touchdown. Mm -hmm. Just great game by North Carolina. I think we gotta start considering them a legit legit team. Yeah, not only the ACC. I mean, they are a contender right now. I would say. I think if North Carolina has an undefeated regular season, goes in, knocks off Florida State in the ACC championship, they should absolutely be a college football playoff team. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have all the prerequisites for it. They've looked fantastic this year. They have a I mean, Heisman-esque level quarterback. I think it's mostly the the transformation of the defense mm-hmm. is just something that people, I think, really need to just take a look at. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they changed coordinators either. Jim Chizik's nope. Gene Chiswick is still there. Mm-hmm. They were not good last year on defense. No, they were not. This year, I mean, they're f- tied for 41st in the country. 
Mm-hmm. But they're only allowing about 21 points a game on defense. Just about 126. Oh, no, that's 100, 126 points. Not many yards a game. Mm-hmm. And if they are giving up yards, they're keeping teams in check by not letting them score. Yeah. They're getting after the quarterback. They're getting turnovers. And vice versa, they can lean on a running game. That's very good. Drake May is one of the top quarterbacks in the league. He'll be a top mm-hmm. five pick in the draft. Yep. Tez Walker now with all those other weapons. I mean, this is a great – this is a good team. Mm-hmm. Maybe great team. We're getting all the press was great. They got yeah. another couple games. but I do this, think they should be ranked above Alabama in the AP poll. Let me just say that. They are at 10 right now, aren't they? Yes. But I've seen some people disagree and go, oh, they should be 12. I think, well, I think that – you know, you got to look at it from a rating, power rating standpoint, as if like you mm-hmm. take the two teams on a neutral field tomorrow. Yes. Alabama's going to be a favorite in that mm-hmm. 10 times out of 10. I mean, it yeah. just is what it is. So, mm-hmm. and a rating doesn't have anything to do with rankings or yeah. who you've played. It's just, it takes into account everything. It's, there's no bias here within it. It's just like this team's better, would be a ranked or spread point spread wise higher than North Carolina. I think maybe I, I, I mean I get that, but at the same time, I mean, I feel like if we're really doing it by power ratings, probably Alabama would be a top five team in the country. Um, no, I, th- I, right, I think I think point, they would be no. favored. I think they'd be favored over a lot of schools. Do you think they'd be favored over Texas? Yes. No. I think they'd be favored over Texas, Penn State, Oregon, probably Florida State. Let's see. I'm going to look up Josh Pate's most recent power ratings as I scour the internet. No, I'm just teasing. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. Uh, what's your biggest thing looking at the Miami perspective? You lose the tough one. Yeah. Tough one. Uh, just unex- unexplainable loss mm-hmm. to Georgia Tech. And now you lose a game where some people may have thought bounce back game, possibly, you know, Let's show them what we got. Mm-hmm. Instead, you really got handed another L by yeah. a better team. I think Miami's still going to be able to compete. They got Clemson on deck, but they're you know you got to change focus now. You're not going to go to the ACC title game. What what do you think as a Miami player? How do you approach the rest of the season? Uh, that's a fantastic question because I think a lot of them were thinking it's we're going to the ACC championship this year after week two. Um, so if I'm a Miami player, I'm thinking, let's just go to a bowl game at this point. Right. Like, let's just fight for some sort of postseason and just pride itself. I mean, if I'm looking at the schedule right now, I think they'll probably end up losing to Clemson. Yeah. Just because I, I don't think they're as good as Clemson. Just all around, I think Clemson. You know, Clemson has been up and down this year, but I still think they're a more talented team. Mm-hmm. If you're Miami, it's just you're already 0-2 in conference play. You're at the very bottom of the ACC already. Mm. You got to go, um, you know, you got to go to NC State, to Florida State. You know, it's just not a fun schedule for them this year. Like no. this back half. No. And people don't even talk about it, but, you know, they got to play, they got to play back to back. They got to go to NC State, NC State, to Florida State, and then they get Louisville at home. And then they have to go to Boston College. It's That's um, not a fun schedule no, at all. No. I uh 
pulled up the um, the most recent mm-hmm. JP poll from shout out Josh Pate again. As yeah. We always like to do shout out. Shout great, out great, Pate. great college college football Pate guy. State. Pate State material. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bama is right now. This is the JP poll. It's based off rate mm-hmm. power ratings. It's not a ranking system. Bama is at number six. Yep. North Carolina number eleven. Yep. I knew. So, I knew it would be like that. So Bama is. So it goes Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State, Texas, Oregon. Mm. So based off of that, those five teams would be favored over Bama. Yeah. Teams that would not be favored over Bama on a neutral site field today. I'll just say the next, the following five behind them. Yep. Washington, Oklahoma, Penn State, Florida State, and North Carolina. Yeah. So. I had a feeling it would be like that, yeah. Miami is at 20, 21, if you're wondering. Uh, A&M's at 16. Just never That's crazy. <laughs> That's the craziest part about that. AM 16. Uh, if a little fun stat for you here. Uh, North Carolina had 508 total yards. Mm-hmm. Miami is right behind it, but a lot of junk time stuff. Yeah. They uh my North Carolina rushed for 235 yards compared to Miami's 91. Miami is a pretty solid run D team. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you're like, okay, you know, limit the run. And then all of a sudden, North Carolina was just popping off big run after big run. Yeah. And North Carolina had 14 penalties for 147 yards and still managed to do what they did, which is crazy. Normally, if you do that, you're not, you're, you're it's either it's a tight game and yeah. you're just squeaking it out or you're losing. But listen, Miami is in a tough spot. I think that they're in a better tough spot than AM is. But as we're focused yeah. on North Carolina, though, because well, I think at least with Miami, you're going, yeah, yeah. Oh, if you're North Carolina, you're thinking, hey, we're going, to, we're, we're going to win national championship this year. Not, I mean, look, listen to the rest of the schedule. You ready? Virginia, mm-hmm. Georgia Tech. Yep. The Fighting yep. Camels of Campbell. Duke mm-hmm. at home, and then yep. they have at Clemson, and then at an NC State. I mean, those last three games aren't going to be easy for them, but but very that's a manageable schedule. They they can absolutely. work around there. Mm-hmm. Very scheduled. Was Clemson in Death Valley or was it? It's at Clemson it in, that game. That's not good for North Carolina man, but that's well, the only one where they, I'm like, Ooh. well, listen, this time they'll be prepared for Kate Clubnick. They weren't last year in the ACC title game, so you're right. That was funny. That's probably very the funniest funny. thing I've, I've ever heard from a head coach. At least he we was honest think about he'd it. Play. Like, let's be honest, man. We didn't think he'd play at all. <laughs> let's be honest. He's like, we did not prepare, guys. We did <laughs> not prepare at all. All right, we are going to uh, move on to our final yeah. game before we move on to some overreaction and winners and yep. losers of the week. I will quickly get through this. Yeah, I didn't as watch fast it. Fast as I can. It's okay. Listen, casual. Just teasing. Just teasing. Yep. Casual. I'm just, just you know. Just teasing. He's all right. We all we oh, all love Dylan. Gosh. Anyway, Florida gets a monumental win, if you're mm-hmm. a Gator fan, at South Carolina during October. A lot of, lot of Florida fans said after the game, though, it's uh, – what do they say? It's uh, cocked over. That's what they were saying. Not and, the most creative fan base. No, but – Nevertheless, thank God they don't need corny jokes to win a football game. Otherwise, oh, yeah. they would have been not winning. They oh. won. They were down 10 points with nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. 
And I, for one, believe that South Carolina had this in hand, even though their defense had struggled all game. Rattler played really well, as he usually has this year. Mm -hmm. But uh, the big story is, and has to be, Graham Mertz. I mean, Mertz, I was waiting on, been waiting on a game where they would need him to show up in a big Mm -hmm. way, where the run game really didn't get going again, which is always surprising because it's like, you know, Florida wants to run the ball. Again, they failed to run for over 100 yards. They only ran for 71. They got outgained 152 to 71. But Graham Mertz uh, went 30 of 48, 423 yards in this game. He had three touchdowns. Ricky Pearsall, another transfer from Mm -hmm. Florida. He was there last year, though. But 10 catches. Career day, 166 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. The the two the two guys that Florida needed to show up showed up, and they got a huge win. And Napier gets a big time win on the road. He had entered this game; he was one of seven, one for seven. Yep. Uh, in career home or neutral site games, or road or neutral site games, he needed it in a big way. Especially now, you head into the bye. You mm-hmm. can kind of build off that. You're five and two. You're three and one in conference play. I mean, they. I mean, they are in a good spot. I think we both thought that. Listen, you know, South Carolina would be able to pull this off. It'd yeah. be a close game, but they'd be able to hold on. Mm-hmm. But listen, Florida got a big win, and now yeah. I think we were both answering trying to ask that question. And you don't even need to watch the game to know like how bad they had struggled on the road compared I mean, to at home. It was bad. The numbers are just ridiculous. What was it one in seven? One in seven. One in seven in true road games. They had only they have only I think this was probably the sixth or seventh game since twenty twenty one where they it was a, a where they got a road or neutral site win. Yeah. So they They've needed struggled. it in the biggest way. Yeah, they've struggled to win against anybody outside the swamp. For sure. For yeah. sure. But listen, South Carolina, the defense struggled again. Mm-hmm. You just you can't give up. You can't blow a lead like that. I mean, again, Rattler played awesome. 23 to 30, 313, four touchdowns. He threw a pick on the final drive. <laughs> Xavier Leggett, another five receptions for a 110. Just, I mean, Florida had eight, or no, that was South Carolina. I mean, South Carolina hurt themselves with penalties, 82, mm. pen, 82 penalty yards. But listen, I mean, I can't, I think we just really need to understand how, I mean, Florida can free, completed three out of four on fourth town, including two massive ones on the final drive when they ended up taking mm. the lead, a fourth and 10. And it was a fourth and 10, and... It was a fourth and like a medium-ish. But kudos to Florida. Graham Mertz got a big-time win, a big-time performance, career high in passing yards. But now I think the real test shows up for Florida. After the bye, you get now you got Georgia. You go to the cocktail yeah. party. I want to see – I'd be curious to see how um, 
that offense plays against a team, a defense that ranks seventh in the country in scoring defense. The last time I checked, they're yeah, Georgia's only allowing 14 points a game on mm-hmm. defense. For as little pressure as we get on the quarterback, they still don't give up points. Georgia's ranked ninth in the country in passing or in uh excuse me, scoring offense. Beck is fourth in the country in passing yards, by the way, if you're wondering. Anyway. But listen, if after Georgia, you have Arkansas, you're at LSU, at Missouri, and Florida State. So you got another. You have one, two, three for counting the neutral site. Mm-hmm. Three road games, even though technically they're the home team. Three road games for a team that struggles on the road. In your opinion, do you think they can keep that go go, go momentum or whatever they found on Saturday? going into these other games because that's Missouri at Missouri at mm-hmm. LSU and in Jacksonville, not to mention look, Florida state coming to town. Look, I got, I mean, I just, even, even in Florida's good years, they struggle to win at Missouri. Everyone like, struggles to play at Missouri, but like specifically Florida, that place is a house of horrors. Oh yeah. Like Dan Mullen had some good teams go into Missouri and come out weathered. Like they came out like looking like they had just been through a, a war. Oh yeah. Like sunken in eyes, just distraught. <laughs> so I mean I I wanna say they found something, but at the same time They they can't rely on Mertz. It no. seems like the run game has hit a brick wall or something. And you're not gonna be able to run the ball very well next week mm-hmm. at Georgia. Yeah. So again, because Florida's defense struggles still very mm-hmm. much so. They are still not very good. Yeah. You let South Carolina just run up and down the field on you. Mm-hmm. Like they still they still have some spots where they um they lack. Yeah. Let's just call it like that. And uh even with Bowers out, Georgia has plenty of weapons to eat you alive. Yeah. And now Deshaun Edwards is getting health, is getting Back to his self, he had a career rushing day last week, this past week against Vanderbilt. You're getting Kendall Milton back. I, Georgia will beat you. Mm-hmm. It's a big game, so they're not going to sleepwalk. In theory, they they'll be ready for this one. Yeah, but I uh, I expect a you know a um, much different Georgia team than the one you saw Saturday in in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be up for Graham Mertz. He's not can't be. He won't. If he turns the ball over, it's over. it's over. He has to be able to make plays, get outside the pocket. If he has to, it means running the football, doing whatever. He's got to find Pearsall. Pearsall was quiet in the game last year against them. He's mm-hmm. got to be a target because they don't have Henderson. And Caleb uh, Douglas is not hasn't really done much so far. But yeah, it'll be an interesting one for sure. But uh, I think we're ready to move on. Yeah. We'll get into the cocktail party preview next week. Yes. I can't wait. I'll be there. Boots on the ground. In enemy territory. Enemy territory. I can't freaking wait. I can't wait, Dylan. Anyway, we will be moving on, though, to overreaction time. Yes. Our favorite segment of the week. Yes. Called overreaction or no, where I make up a bunch of random random uh, accusations or points or whatever you want to call them. And mm-hmm. we decide if it's an overreaction pump, or not. Yeah, pump the brakes, sir. That makes sense. Yeah, we'll allow it. 
So I got four this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just start from top to bottom. Yep. Speaking of Georgia. So Brock Bowers gets banged up. He's out for mm-hmm. at least four to six weeks. He had surgery yesterday, I believe. Yeah. Type of surgery on his high ankle. Spring. Anyway, so he's going to be out for at least, in theory, best case scenario, he'll be out till at least the Tennessee game, which would be yeah. put you around the four to five weeks. Five. Mm-hmm. You know, most that's the best case scenario, I think. Worst yeah. case is out for at least the SEC up until the SEC title game if they get there. And it would be in the bowl season. Yeah. And I think at that point, unless you're competing for a national title or maybe a big time bowl game like a New Year's Six, mm-hmm. I would maybe think about not playing anyway because he's about 98%. Probably, I'm, to me, I think he's about 98. Uh, or to me, at least, it's about 98% that he's going to go pro yeah. next year. Why wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. So, my question is Brock Bauer's injury will hurt Georgia's chances of a national title? Not an overreaction. Okay. I do think that just any team losing your best weapon hurts. Yeah. Especially since Georgia has spent a ton of time this season just working him into the every offensive game plan they have been like, mm-hmm. just get Brock Bowers the ball. The yeah. yards after the catch, right? That's Brock Bowers' power. Oh, yeah. In that, in that Georgia offense. So losing any type of weapon like that mm-hmm. can turn you from having a game plan for everybody to being like, all right, guys, w- what the hell do we do against Missouri? <laughs> I, uh, I'm i going to say n- not an over – or is is a – wait, no. Not an overreaction. Mm-hmm. I think that they have enough weapons. Yeah. With – McConkey's coming back. Mm-hmm. He's getting back. It was only his third game back. Yeah. He's going to be probably more into more utilized. Mm-hmm. Rara Thomas. You have Marcus Rosemary Jackson, Rosemary Jackson. Yeah. Dominic Lovett just scored his first touchdown. I mean, you brought in two guys two, uh two of the top sec wide receivers from last year into the system for reasons like this, mm-hmm. where you need guys to step up. You have him, you know, Dylan Bell, he's still there. You still have, so where I'm looking at is the tight end room where Oscar Delp's going to have to step up now. He's a mm-hmm. sophomore. You have behind that, you have Pierce Sperlin, Lawson Lucky, who are both freshmen. Yeah. But honestly, where Bowers is really, people don't really realize how good he's at, is the run blocking, yeah. downhill blocking, sealing the edges. It's not Darnell Washington, but... He did a great job. He does a great job at blocking. And that's going to be a ish spot where they've got to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously a, big, a, a loss like that is monumental because he is just, like you said, he's an integral part of the offense. Everything they do on offense. Yeah, so. because even when he's not getting the ball, he's mm-hmm. getting two or three defenders going his way to free another yeah. guy up. I still think Carson Beck, who has been playing out of his mind, is good enough to get everybody else involved. I think look for Ra-Ra Thomas and Rosemary Jack Saint to step up and mm-hmm. have big games going forward. That would be number one, Rosemary Jack Saint, and number five, 
is Brawra Thomas. Look for if you ever watch a Georgia game, look yeah. for those guys going forward. I think okay. they're going to step up. I think Oscar Delp's going to be fine. I think he's. I mean, he's pretty much a mini Brock Bauer. So mm-hmm. he's kind of like what Jalen Carter was with Aaron Jordan Davis. Yeah, Oscar Delp is one freak. So look for him to get rolling too. I think they're going to be all right. They're going to be fine. Three peats all on deck still. Anyway, Washington, Dylan, should be the favorite after Saturday's win to win the title. Overreaction. Slow down. (laughs) All right. I had a great win against Oregon. Yep. But Oregon could have easily won that game. They could have. I mean, if they hit that field goal. Some are saying that some are. I'm not. I, this isn't me. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of. There's some people in the college world that are saying the media world that are saying that uh, this Washington team is a reincarnation of the 2019 LSU team. Well, they so. need to sit down. They need to sit down. These are media people in the industry. Well, they need to retire. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, there's they, a good team. And they very well could like, you know, very well could go all the way. But, you know, slow down on making them the favorite <laughs> to go. You know, it's like, whoa. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to look up current uh, national title odds according to our sportsbook. They have number six. We're going to look here. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say uh, overreaction as well. Mm-hmm. I think that, like you said, they barely they they held on as great mm-hmm. of a game as they played. They they held on by the skin yeah. of their teeth. They currently are plus nine fifty. That would be the fifth best odds. Okay, they sit behind Ohio State at plus nine hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida State's at eight fifty, and then Georgia and Michigan are both at two seventy. Mm-hmm. Penn State right behind there, plus thirteen hundred. They got a huge game this weekend. Yeah, this it's a this is a program definer for Penn State this weekend. Mm-hmm. But back to Washington, real quick. Yeah, yeah. Overreaction, like we were talking about in the beginning of the show. Like they have a lot to still to play for. Mm-hmm. Let's come back. And as far as the twenty nineteen LSU thing, stop it. Every year, yeah, we like have every, this, year, every year. There's somebody... a team that's a really good offense, mm-hmm. and we're like. That's that team. It's another team like that. Just wait. Yep. And then nothing happens. So, yeah. Missouri, yep. Dylan, the Fighting Tigers in Missouri, Dylan's favorite. Mm-hmm. They're the second best team in the SEC East. Overreaction. Wow. Uh, okay. Let's hear it. I still want to lean Tennessee. Okay. Mm-hmm. They play each other in a couple weeks. I think. Yeah. Tennessee has to go to Missouri. Mm-hmm. Again, House of Horrors. Yes. Nah, I don't. I do, you know, you never want to go to Missouri. Columbia. Yeah. They. I'm going to say not an overreaction. That's fair. I think that's not a I, overreaction. Absolutely a coin flip. Listen, Brady Cook is sixth right now in passing yards. Mm-hmm. They Their offense is one of the more explosive offenses in the country. Yeah. Very, very good. They're 34th in the country in passing yards, or not passing yards, in scoring offense. Mm-hmm. So they're scoring a lot of points. Their defense is subpar. We'll call it that. But they went to Kentucky this weekend. 
a team that is known for their defense and running the football. And they crushed Kentucky. Yeah. 17-point win there. That's not a, that's not just a fluke. Mm-hmm. And I uh I don't like to look ahead, but listen, they have South Carolina this week. If they win this week, they hit they go they they hit their win total for the season. Yeah. They came in six and a half. Your boy here has six and a half Missouri on the mm-hmm. win total scale. But they win this week, they get a bye. And then while Georgia's hanging out with Florida, Missouri's resting before they got to go to Athens. A potential 7-1, and 8-0 and showdown in Athens. Yeah. Just saying, look out for that. That's possible. Tigers. The Tigers, they are the second best team. I would rank it go Georgia, Missouri, Tennessee, Florida. Even though Tennessee – I think Tennessee would – if they played again, I think Tennessee would win. Yeah. I would go Tennessee, Florida. It's no knack on Florida. Don't come after mm-hmm. me, Florida fans. Florida, Kentucky, Vanderbilt. Yeah. Yeah. South Carolina after Kentucky, right? I would put South Carolina ahead of them. Okay. No, check that. I'll put it behind them because the defense is bad. But I do think Mm. South Carolina's offense is good. Yeah. All right. Final one here. Okay. Before we get into winners and losers of the week, and we will wrap this show up a little over time here. But Mm -hmm. USC will lose at least two more times this year. Yes or no? You want to say it so bad. I know you do. Just say it. Just say it. Just say it. He's the biggest supporter of USC, too. Overreaction. Oh, you stinker. You couldn't just – you just had to give in to your fandom. Mm -hmm. You think they're going to beat Oregon? You think they're not going to lose two more times? I think they're going to beat one of the two. So they got to go to Oregon, and they got Washington that comes to them. But they also have USC or Utah next – this upcoming week at at home. But I think they beat Utah. Like, I know we had the whole thing. I just don't think Utah's offense is going to be able to really do anything. I think we'll preview that one Thursday. I just – I can't see them beating Oregon or Washington. Mm -hmm. I understand. Washington and Oregon's defense are both better, and their Mm -hmm. offenses are going to be able to put up points. I don't think it's a turnover – like a 28-point loss. Yeah. But it's not – I mean, it may be a shootout, but I don't see them coming out on the winning side. Yeah. I think I think they have a better chance in the Washington game than the Oregon game. We'll see. We'll see. And if that uh, happens, chaos. Legitimate chaos. Oregon ranks first in the country in scoring offense. Mm-hmm. USC is second. Yeah. Washington is tied for fifth right now. All right. So I say oh, uh, not an overreaction for those two reasons right there. And you're a hater. No, I'm not a hater. You're the one buying the Notre Dame shirt. I'm not. Okay. I'm just, I speak the truth here. Yeah. People like to refer to me as a prophet, in a sense, where I speak the truth, and I see things before everyone else does. I'm just saying. That was wild. Wildly right. <laughs> Wildly right. Tuesday oh. night takes with Hunter. Who's okay. bored right now? Okay. Okay. All right. We're going to wrap the show up here with winners and losers as the uh, – Winners and losers of the week. Yeah. As we always do. My winners 
are Graham Mertz and mm-hmm. Tez Walker. Graham Mertz okay. finally had a big game we have been waiting on, and he finally did it when his team yep. needed it the most. When they said, listen, you're down 10 with nine minutes to go. We need you to go win the game. And he was. So kudos to Graham Mertz. Really liked what I saw. And as far as Tez Walker go, it's just a big middle finger right to the Indianapolis and all those old-timers up there mm-hmm. just crying and shivering in their boots watching what Tez Walker did to Miami on Saturday. Just awesome to see. Love it for the kid who was thought maybe he wasn't going to be able to play this year. And now yeah. look at him. A big-time performance, three touchdowns, and he's got UNC right where they want to be in the driver's seat. Winners, Dylan, who are they? So I had my two winners as – let me pull this up. So I had Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame finally getting that big marquee win for the program. Big win for him. And then I had Billy Napier, you know. Oh, big time by you. Overcoming his doubters, including myself. Can I say something real quick? Yeah, say it. I started laughing my ass off watching – watching mid mid game interviews with coaches is some of the mm-hmm. funniest stuff on the planet. Yeah. Listening to Napier talk for one, just Napier is an example. He sounds like he wants, he's just saying, well, the offense is good. Um, you know, just give me a cigarette, darling. Cause I just need one. Like yeah. he just talks like he's, it's the funniest thing in the world. It's nothing yeah. he says. It's just how he talks. <laughs> Shane Beamer's on the other side of there interviewing him. He's having a temper tantrum. Kirby's mm-hmm. smart. I mean, he's serious as can be. Nick Saban's always a fun one. Like, these are so much fun to watch. <laughs> Notre, oh, Marcus Freeman had a meltdown at halftime. It was just awesome stuff. But kudos to Napier. That was probably one. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to say that. No, it was, it was funny. I've, I've listened to Napier talking every time. I'm like, that's his voice. If you're ever bored, folks, go watch Billy Napier talk. It's just funny. He just talks funny. He talks it's like he not what hey, you'd be expecting. Need a cigarette. He. I'm just looking in for a Marbell right and a pack of Keystone and some Marbell right red cigarettes, please. Mm-hmm. My losers, Caleb Williams, tough, tough one. Yeah, three picks. Four. He had a fumble responsible for two. He was responsible for four turnovers. In a game where they he needed to be big against a defense that was really good, and he was unable to do that. He had his worst game of his career, and mm-hmm. he was really responsible for why they lost because the defense held up. Yeah, it was on Caleb Williams. We'll mm-hmm. see how he bounces back this week against another really tough defense. Yeah, a defense that has had his number mm-hmm. in the past. So Caleb Williams is zero and two against Utah. So yep, just saying. We'll see how he bounces back. And Jimbo mm-hmm. Fisher, old Jimbo, <sighs> just can't get the win again. Falls up short. Yeah. I think this is the starting of that damn that damn reference. I just keep using. Yeah. It's the, that's one of the. There were some cracks. This is another one, and it's soon the water. You might start seeing a little drip here and there. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of time before the big one happens, and the entire dam breaks through, and the water comes yeah. rushing down. It's it's tough. It's tough down to College Station because they have the resources. They got the players. Yeah. I mean, even the quarterback situation, I think, is fine, good enough. 
But mm-hmm. there's something – I don't know if it's Jimbo. I don't know if whatever it is. It's something internal, and he has yet again failed to get a big win. So, so I mean, I hate to say it. I also had Jimbo Fisher. My only disagreement with you is I think the dam is already broken. They're putting Band-Aids up to try to reattach it. Yeah. No, I, I mean, they're past <laughs> Band-Aids at this point. They're putting up, like, tape. Like, they're struggling. They're like, oh, put up – Put up the wax tape. Oh no, not doing anything. Wow, they're putting you know. up the <laughs> put a Bobby Petrino sized band-aid on it. They're putting up the sandbags after well. they're putting the sandbags up while the water's already through. Yeah. Um only because I think he's already lost the fan base. I like I think if when you talk to AM fans, they're like they're like, Well, you know, when we get our next coach. <laughs> right. And you know, that's never a good thing when you, your school hasn't fired the pre- person uh the previous guy. And you know, just his career record at AM being 43 and 24, which is worse than um what's his name? Kevin uh, Sol- or Kevin, yeah, Kevin Sumlin's record at the same time. Mm-hmm. Just saying, man. Who was your other loser? I had Dan Lanning. Oh, come on. We can't be giving that back to back years against Washington. Well, last year, actually it's kind of funny. They both came down to like Questionable yeah. down calls. Yeah, but Bo Nix did get banged up at the end of that one last year. Yeah, sure. but still, you know, you lose to your biggest rival back to back years in games that, in a very, very likely, could implicate. But it's not like college football playoff. I would, but it's not like any some of these other teams where, like Jimbo, where it's mm-hmm. has none anything after that. Yeah, I think Lanning, what Lanning's got going is, mm-hmm. is really good. No, I agree too. Yeah, I just mean loser of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimbo is loser of the year. I'm surprised you didn't say your boy Lincoln Riley. No, I didn't just because I'm like, uh, okay. that's because you're, you're, hey, put it up. Come on, Dylan. Fight on. Fight on. Fight on. Come on, guys. Fight on. <laughs> Did you see Sam? You see, Let's go. see that picture with Sam Hartman doing this? He's like, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't like Sam Hartman anymore, man. Ah, He's like 38. Man. Look at him. 38-year-old college student. He's been playing college football since I was a freshman in high school. Busting out the Stetson Bennett jokes, are we now? It's not even a Stetson Bennett joke anymore, man. He's been playing legitimately since I was a freshman in high school. People don't talk about this, but Will Rogers, who's been in the league college for like five years now, has another year of eligibility still if he wanted yep. to. Mm-hmm. People don't talk about that, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, his first year was 2018. Nice. Sam Hartman. But, you know, Bo Nix played his freshman year played Justin Herbert. So that was 2019, wasn't it? 2018. No, it was 2019. It was 2019. Yeah. Yep. All right. Anyway, no, so that would still be, yeah. Yeah. Because Herbert got drafted in the COVID year. That's right. That's right. Apologize again. No, you're good. All right. I'm a Herbert fan. Come on. Well, he didn't do it last night. Anyway, I still won in fantasy, buddy. Did you? No, I didn't. I didn't. You shut your mouth. 0 and 6. 3 and 3. 0 and 6. Austin I'm a playoff Eckler. team. Austin Eckler needed a point. He was. He got I, saw, I saw that you lost by like one point, and I was. He like, got tackled at the one yard line in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Would have scored a touchdown and would have won, but he didn't. And I uh, fell him up short. We're going to have to regroup, and we'll have to lose again next week. So, I mean, what, at this point, I got to ask you because you know, with the. What will happen if you lose last place in this league? I don't even know what it is. 
the wing challenge. Oh, is that what it is still? Yeah, I think oh. so. I'll have to discuss that off air. <laughs> Listen, I am mentally prepared for anything. <laughs> Wings are the least of my concern. I can take oh, it. I'll take that. As bad as it's going to be, I'll, I'll <laughs> take it. It's just a tough one. We're going to have to regroup. Season's not done yet. There's plenty of bad teams in the league. Yeah. We just got to get one. We just got to get one, and we'll build from there. Yeah, you know, maybe you'll face uh, the Mahomie team. Listen, I, you know, you never know. Never know. Fine. Put up like 160 the other day. And I was like, he's got to be cheating at this point, man. This is collusion. He's not. All right. Anyway, we're actually, that, yeah, different topic, but that one trade was definitely collusion. <laughs> Probably. That wide, wide receiver for running back trade that got vetoed, that was collusion. Absolutely. <laughs> that was collusion. Well, uh, yeah, that's a. Uh... That's a great off the air issue right there. <laughs> oh yeah, um, that's private. That's off the airways. We'll oh yeah, about. I'm not going to say names or anything like that, but no. But what we will talk about is make sure you guys are subscribing, mm-hmm. watching the newest video. It'll yes. be out. Remember Thursday's episode, good one, great week mm-hmm. of football coming up. We will have it all break down for you Thursday. Subscribe, watch. Mm-hmm. We'll see you Thursday. Yep. Peace out, guys. All right. See you guys.